for uh, our session this afternoon. Uh, I'm honored to be your moderator. My name is Terry Shillington. And let me just say a few introductory things before we start. Uh, Rick is out there in the hallway finishing up. <laughs> no, he's not. He's in here. Um, um, so would you uh, uh, shut off your cell phones, please, and put uh, $11 in the basket. And uh, I want to say thank you to our partners in this enterprise, which include uh, Lethbridge University and their support. And one other thing before we get to the topic, and that is uh, the annual general meeting of SACPA will be four weeks from today. And you know that's a free lunch for people who are members. And so we are inviting you to renew your membership. We've gone to a, an annual membership that uh, follows the annual meeting. So. If you take out your, me your membership now, it will be good until the summer of next year. Uh, so that's four weeks from today. Uh, now let's turn to our topic. Um, we're really pleased to have the interim leader of uh, the Conservative Party, the Progressive Conservative Party, with us this afternoon. He's left the uh, legislature to be with us. And uh, uh, some things you know about this man. He uh, spent three terms on the Calgary City Council and and uh, then uh, ran for the legislature, I think it was in, uh, in 2010, and held a number of cabinet positions before, uh, um, before the election, the provincial election. He's the MLA for Calgary Hayes. And he's married to Christine with uh, four children and two grandchildren, all in Calgary. So would you uh, join me in welcoming Rick McIver? Well, thank you, Terry, and uh, I thank all of you for being here. I'm uh, ever cognizant of the fact that you could be any place else you chose to be, and on a bright, sunny day like this, the fact that you're here, I, I should be grateful, and I am. Uh, I'm just happy to be down here in southern Alberta to uh, a, speak to you, but uh, also importantly to listen to what you have to say to me in the question and answer period later, because uh, our, uh, the future of Alberta depends upon, amongst other things, those people that are in the Legislative Assembly listening to Albertans and truly reflecting what is important to them when we're uh, debating things and, and making decisions and, uh, in, the, in our case of opposition, pushing the government to uh, do things that are actually in your best interest. I know the past year has been tough for many Albertans and I'm sure many in this room. Uh, there's probably many here that have been struggling to make payroll if you're in business and, and lots of people working that may be uh, concerned about whether you'll stay employed and for those that might be on a fixed income you're wondering how far your uh, income is going to go six months and a year from now with the changes that are happening and, and I think you are well advised to, to be concerned and, and, uh, and I uh, expect that I'll touch on some of those things that uh, might, might be of interest to you. When the oil pr price drops like it did over the last year, it hurts everybody in Alberta. Uh, starting with the companies that lift the resources from the ground to the people that you know uh, manufacture the equipment, the truckers that haul things, the hotels and restaurants that uh, feed the workers and everybody in between. But it also affects the rest of Alberta. Uh, because of course, uh, it's, as a, any major industry uh, pumps money throughout the economy whether it's, uh, again, the grocery store, the restaurant, the dry cleaners, and that, that, that goes round and round. And it actually, and of course, as it goes around and around, 
it gets taxed along the way. And it actually puts the government in a position to pay for the, the social services that people need, the roads, the hospitals, the schools, the seniors' housing, and the, uh, and the uh, social supports that, uh, that the government provides. So uh, the, when the economy stops moving, everybody feels it. I don't believe anybody in this room has been untouched. Uh, I'll be surprised if they are, and, and uh, I'm grateful for the contributions that each of you continue to make to the economy. The beginning of May, May 5th this, of this uh, year, marked one year since the general election, which saw we progressive conservatives relegated to the opposition benches, and one year of NDP government. So we've had some time to, uh, to, uh, to think about things, uh, including uh, a couple weeks ago, 1,000 paying progressive conservative members attended our annual general meeting in uh, Red Deer, which uh, I will say with a little bit of pride, uh, our annual general meeting, the over 1,000 people, that was more than the last Wild Rose and NDP annual general meetings combined in terms of attendance. Uh, and our membership made it clear that we must work hard to earn back the trust of Albertans. Why? Because a lot has happened in the last 12 months. We all know the oil price has crashed. Most of us will know that over 100,000 hardworking Albertans have lost their jobs. We know that the uh, NDP's Bill 6, their, uh, their farm bill, continues to really threaten the entire rural way of life in Alberta. And for those not familiar with it, they uh, have decided that they are going to teach farmers and ranchers how to ranch and farm, though uh, almost nobody in the current government farms and ranches, and uh, most of Albertans that farm and ranch, many of them are in families that have been farming and ranching for over 100 years. And I'd like to think they know a little bit about it. And I would like their, uh, I would be, I would prefer if the government of this great province gave them credit for knowing just a little bit about it. So we continue to resist the government's attempts to teach farmers and ranchers how to ranch and farm and uh, to encourage them to listen to farmers and ranchers before they put regulations in place that may hobble the family farm and make it, may make it a lot harder than it is today for those farmers and ranchers to operate. In the last few weeks, we saw raging wildfires uh, destroy a good part of Fort McMurray. We uh, have yet to fully understand the full scope and scale of the disaster. And we know, but we do know it will be a long road to recovery for the people of Fort McMurray as recently as this morning. The latest issue is the, those that are in the construction business in Fort McMurray are actually fighting to have some of the contracts given to them so that the people that work there can actually be part of rebuilding the community that they love, they work in, and they care about. And, and uh, we would like to see, our PC party would like to see that happen as well. But amidst all of this, I have to say, one of the things that has really shone through is the kindness and generosity of people from across this province and, and, and beyond, uh, including Southern Alberta. It's really been awe-inspiring. The city of Lethbridge has generously provided uh, people to uh, support Fort McMurray, uh, employees to work in the incident management, uh, the Provincial Operations Centre, uh, the Critical Incident Stress Management, which is important because it's uh, they're working directly for the crews firing, fighting the fires in Fort McMurray and other areas of Alberta. And as you might imagine, that can get stressful after a few days and weeks and when you actually have to run away from a fire sometimes when the wind blows the wrong way and have another Albertan's house burned down, you can imagine that takes a toll on those people and those people that are caring for Albertans also need to be care for, cared for. And Lethbridge has been part of that care. So this is just one of the thousands of ways that Albertans 
from across the province have come together to help during a crisis because that's what Albertans do. We know we're in this together. Albertans are a committed lot and I have no doubt that together we will get through this. This spring, the government, the NDP government has committed you, taxpayers, to the largest budget deficit in Alberta's history. A staggering $10.4 billion this year alone and the uh, NDP government has single, signaled its intent to bring the provincial debt load up to $57.6 billion before the next election. Uh, as a result, three global credit rating agencies have downgraded Alberta's credit rating from the AAA rating that uh, it enjoyed from 2001 until the last election. Municipalities will now be required to either cut services or increase property taxes. Uh, to pay for the increased cost of borrowing. Uh, Alberta Treasury branches that uh, borrows through the provincial government will either, uh, their cost of borrowing will go up, which means they will either be less competitive or they'll make less money or the government will directly eat the difference for them, but either way it comes out of your pocket. And, and uh, with uh, debt mounting uh, up to say almost $60 billion, uh, even 1% in additional credit costs you can do the math, it's, it's a pretty big number. This will impact provincial finances significantly. By the time Albertans head to the polls in 2019, $2 billion a year will be required to service that debt without paying anything off on the principal. And there is absolutely no plan by the current government to pay any of it back until at least 2024 which is one of the major reasons that the rating agency cited when they announced their decision to downgrade Alberta. Sadly, I have no doubt we'll see more of the downgrades over the next three years. That along with the massive growth in spending, no effort to find savings or efficiencies and no savings plan, kind of paint a grim fiscal picture that will impact Alberta's prosperity for decades to come. Here's an interesting fact that you won't enjoy much. Every child born in Alberta in 2019 will come into this world owing about $13,000 to bail out their provincial government. So, the past year has been one of reflection for our Progressive Conservative Caucus. I can assure you we have thought long and hard about the circumstances that led to the election result and what we need to do to earn back the trust of Albertans. When talking to Albertans, it's become clear that while circumstances in Alberta have changed, Albertans' values by and large have not changed. Albertans are still Albertans. That's the good news. Albertans want a government that takes care of both fiscal and social matters with equal care and attention. They want a government that's thoughtful, pragmatic, and looking to the future. They want a government that puts the interests of Albertans living and working here first. They want common sense solutions to the challenges we face, and they want to say in the decisions that their government makes. They want to be listened to. And I'm happy to say that those things Albertans want are progressive conservative values. Why are they progressive conservative values? Because we've taken them from Albertans. They're Alberta values. And what happened last May, us getting thrown out of government, was a direct result of us and nobody else not living up to those values and to Albertans' expectations. We accept responsibility. And with all this in mind, our PC caucus, wanting to hear from Albertans, have been proud to launch what we call Engage. On April 4th, our public engagement initiative, which seeks to harness the power of Alberta's greatest strength, her people. The purpose of what we're doing in Engage is to not tell you 
what we should do, but to ask you to spark a public conversation and to learn from you, the people who are experts at living in Alberta. So we don't have all the answers, we know that. And it's clear that past progressive conservative governments have made mistakes along the way. But it's important to remember that over the years, past governments have also always, not always, but also done a lot of things right. So, for example, before the last election, we felt that people had great hope for their future. Most parents before May 5th of last year believed that their children could get educated in Alberta, grow up, find a good job in Alberta, and if they chose to, stay and work and have a good career right here in Alberta. Since then, we really feel like much of that hope has been dashed. So as we authored Engage, we reflected on what we've done well in the past and where we fell short. So some of the ideas that we have on our Engage uh, uh, website will look familiar to many of you as things that we championed when we were in government. Other ideas might be ones that you wanted us to do and for one reason or another it, it did not get done. But ultimately our goal is to develop over the next three years progressive conservative policies that truly reflect the thoughts and the values of today's Alberta. This two-way discussion, because we need to listen more than we talk. We'll refine, we will refine the document after hearing from you over time and we will include your feedback. As part of this, we are asking Albertans to get involved in shaping our province. We actually directly challenge the current NDP government to find $4 billion in cost savings over the next two years without impacting frontline services. We call it the $4 billion challenge. Now, the government ministers have constantly said time and again that any reduction at all to their budget would result in firing, in their words, thousands of teachers and nurses. We completely reject this premise. We know that it's possible for the government to find savings without sacrificing key programs and services that Albertans have depended upon. In fact, you know, uh, just as an example, in the private sector, Imperial Oil about a year ago managed to find $200 million in internal savings and efficiencies without laying off a single person. Here's one example of what we gave the government where they should look for savings. And this is uh, the, the data I use comes straight from the Alberta Health Services uh, publicly available data. Uh, according to the government, the government spends about $3.2 billion a year looking after hospital emergency room visits. The same document says 90% of those visits are not actually emergencies. So think about that. So in rough numbers here, you know, $2.7, $2.8 billion worth of cost, people going to emergency rooms, they shouldn't be in emergency rooms. Now, we're not going to pretend that those costs, that $2.8 billion can be washed away because those people need to be cared for. But we think it's pretty obvious, and we're asking the government to accept how obvious it, it is, that if you deliver service to those 90% of the people in a more, more appropriate setting than an emergency room, which I think we can all agree is the most expensive place you can possibly look after somebody, um, that there might be savings there uh, in... 24-hour clinics, whatever there is. But the fact is, when you're doing with, dealing with $2.8, $2.9 billion of service being delivered in the most expensive way possible, isn't it possible? Isn't it likely? Isn't it something that we should shoot for that if you try, you might be able to cut that in half? Maybe. There's, there's potentially a billion and a half there without actually reducing any service. And we think the government should look for those opportunities. We're not pretending it's easy. It's going to take some effort. It really will. But we're saying to the government, please make the effort. 
Albertans deserve nothing less. So, so the other, other thing that we've asked to have happen is to let the employees that work within government help make the changes possible. There's no reason why government shouldn't do what the private sector and families are doing, look for ways to tighten their belt and still provide the services. You don't stop feeding your kids when things get, when things get tough, and you don't stop paying the, uh, the utility bills, but you look for other ways to, econ to economize while still providing the services that your family needs, and we think the government should do the same thing. And we think that they should listen to the public servants. The about 220,000 people that get paid out of the public purse in Alberta, ask them how to make their jobs efficient. Has anybody here not talked to a government of Alberta official? If you have one as a friend or a family member at the end of the week says, I know how I could do my job and save money and still do my job. Or I know that we could do things more efficiently. I think we should actually listen to them more carefully more, and, and with more purpose and actually put some of their great ideas in place. Because while you and I are experts at living in Alberta, they're experts at delivering the public services. So who better to actually get the answers from is the people that dedicate their professional lives to serving you and I as Albertans. And we believe that if they're listened to, that the government will get a long ways to what we call the $4 billion challenge, finding, finding ways to save that much money a year without cutting back on services. So we're also asking the government to immediately implement actions to stabilize our finances because when our credit rating's dropping every uh, couple times a month, our finances are not stable. The four things are establish a debt repayment program, create a savings plan that could withstand economic conditions, stop borrowing for operating expenses, and conduct an audit of the provincial assets that we have and liquidate the ones that are not serving the taxpayers anymore. We believe that's the bare minimum of action that Premier Notley and the government need to take in order to prevent further deterioration of Alberta's fiscal and economic outlook. So how can you get involved? And we would like you to. Well, simply by going to our caucus website, abpcmla.ca. I'll say it twice in case anybody's just grabbing their pen right now. It's abpcmla.ca and let us know what you think. What you will find there is a section called Engage where we actually ask you what you think. What do you want for policies? We actually pose a bunch of provocative what-if questions on the website to, so that you can tell us that the what-if that we present is either a terrible idea or a great idea and why so that we can listen to you and take that forward to the Legislative Assembly as we're dealing with government and, and trying to push policy and decisions in a direction that is in your favor. This summer, I and my PC colleagues will be uh, hosting a series of open houses across the province where we will invite you and your fellow Albertans to come tell us what you think in person. We look forward to sharing the ideas with you uh, for, with what we hear in the coming months. It has been quite a year since May 5th last year. We know and we have learned and we know firsthand that in the Legislative Assembly opposition, which we now are, is an integral piece of our democracy. And we accept our job, the job that the voters gave us as opposition to this government, and we have chosen to take it seriously and work hard at it. Unlike, we believe, the official opposition, we have chosen to attack bad government policies and not people. We don't think there's any gain for Albertans in attacking people's individual credi credibility. We think there's great value for Albertans in attacking bad policies, and that's what we've chosen to do. 
We want to provide positive, common-sense solutions and alternatives for Alberta to consider. We want to work with this government when they're right and fight their policies for all they're worth when their policies are bad for Alberta. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here. And folks, make no mistake, we PCs are a lot different than the Wild Rose. The Wild Rose finance critic, for example, took great pr pride in publicly declaring recently that social issues are not even in the top 100 reasons he ran for office. Further, though they claim to, ha they claim to have a strong fiscal policy, I respectfully disagree, and I'd like to explain. First of all, social services matter. There are Albertans that may not be using social services now, but at some point, every single one of us could be at risk of needing them. And, could, and, I'll, and I'll bet everybody in this room has a friend, a family member, or someone we love that in some way is using the social services that Alberta provides. It might just be the fact that we're old enough that we uh, require help with housing. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons. It, it could be that uh, it could be a mental health issue. It, it could be someone needs inco income support because they've lost their job during the uh, the economic downturn. Uh, life throws a curveball at us, and we as Albertans have always depended upon those basic social services to be there to care for us. And our PC government is committed to that. Yes, they are in the top hundred reasons that we ran for office. They're one of the most important reasons that our progressive conservative government serves you in the legislative assembly today. Secondly, on fiscal policy, we in the Wild Rose are worlds apart. And the easiest way for me to explain this difference is our policy on debt. The Wild Rose finance critic, again, has said he doesn't want Alberta to have any debt. Which, you know what? If you stop thinking and talking, then that sounds pretty good to me, too. Except when you think a little bit more, it, it doesn't sound as good. It sounds, sounds fine until you have to build something that you don't have the finances for. Let's face it, folks, you can't do surgery in the parking lot, and we can't teach our kids under a tree in February. You need hospitals and schools. So to, to follow that logic, parents with a six-year-old child would wait 10 years to put the kid in grade one while the government's waiting, saving the money to pay cash for a school. Uh, that's an extreme example, but it's to illustrate the fact that the proper use of debt is reasonable. We believe, our progressive conservative party believes, on the other hand, that debt is a tool to be prudently and carefully managed for the public good. We think paying for a school or a hospital or a senior's home over 20 years is okay as long as what we're building will last at least twice that long and as long as there is a credible plan to pay it back so the debt doesn't go on forever. In other words, Albertans pay for the school, hospital, or senior's homes uh, over a period of time when Albertans can use those things. That's user pay. User pay is a, uh, it's, it's a conservative principle and a uh, fiscally conservative principle and one we believe in. It's kind of like living in your house while you pay for the mortgage. Has anybody done that? I know I have. Just common sense. And, and that's the difference between no debt and the prudent use of debt. The people that pay that debt are actually the ones that get to use the facilities, kind of like when you pay the mortgage off in your home while you live in it. So the NDP, on the other hand, have made it clear they have intended to forge ahead, leading Alberta down a path of deficits, debt, and uncontrolled spending. I, I've already mentioned the $57.6 billion in debt and the $2 billion annual interest payments, but let me provide a few more points if you don't mind. The carbon tax, which is uh, introduced in the House this week, it might be a good idea if it was going to be do something for the environment. 
we think it's a bad idea because it's not going to have near the effect on the environment as the NDP government says it will. It's a wealth distribution scheme that will ultimately end up hurting Alberta families that it claims it's going to protect. The carbon tax will give the ministry, minister authority to search, uh, to, uh, to enforce the legislation, to uh, search your home. We don't really know what that means, uh, but we are waiting for an explanation from the minister. So for a bill that really was introduced with great fanfare by this government as something that's going to save the planet, it turns out it's more about wealth redistribution than it is about in tax revenue than it is about the environment. And we think an environmental bill ought to be about the environment because we care about the environment very much. We, we've, we know it will hurt municipalities, schools, hospitals, charities, nonprofits, seniors' homes, families, recreation centers. It'll increase the cost of food, clothing, electricity, and transportation for all Albertans across the board. So clearly the cost of living under the carbon tax will go up, the quality of life will go down, and so far the government hasn't adequately described how it will benefit the environment. So that's why we are concerned about that. We've warned the NDP that finding modest efficiencies and savings in the way they spend money now will prevent the need to make deep cuts later, as the Bob Ray NDP government had to do in Ontario not that long ago. And starkly, if the government wants to maintain its capacity and ability in a time of crisis in the future, they need to take care of Alberta's balance sheet today. So our PC caucus will continue asking thoughtful questions in the Legislative Assembly and ensure the voice of reasonable Albertans are heard. Uh, you can rest assured that we have learned a great deal from the past and we look forward to teaming up with you and other Albertans to develop meaningful public policy through our engaged process. Folks, if you haven't already done so yet, I would like to take this opportunity to encourage you to make a donation in support of Fort McMurray. It's going to be a tough road ahead for them, but together as Albertans, I know that they will rebuild their municipality. They will become the tremendous contributors to Alberta and all of Canada that they were ever so recently. And believe me, they're not, they're, they didn't stop contributing because they wanted to. They got stopped contributing because they got driven from their homes by fire. So they want to get back to work as much as we want them to be back in their homes. And uh, together we can do this. I'm happy to have you here today. I'm looking forward to the questions and answers as we uh, engage in a discussion. Because as much as I just uh, talked to you about a bunch of things that I think you're interested in, I won't really know what you're interested in until we get to the questions and answer part when you tell me in the form of your questions what you really, what, what you really want to hear from me. And I can't wait for that. Because, well, I've been up here for the last 25 minutes, and I don't know whether it's been enjoyable for you, but it has been for me. But I haven't learned anything because my mouth has been open. Later on, when my mouth is shut and your mouth is open, then I'll learn something, and I can't wait for that. Thank you very much.